It is an honor to celebrate this Easter celebration with you, and it is an honor to get to proclaim God's message for you this morning. I started off the service with a video that's actually taken right out of the Gospel of John. In fact, you could have followed right along in your Bible. And so we've already heard the resurrection story. Let me read for you a different text for Easter this morning from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked, but when when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off your old self with its practices and have put on a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. Word of the Lord. Well, it has become cool in our day to doubt the story that we celebrate this morning. It's just a neat story after all. It's impossible for someone to raise from the dead, isn't it? Alternative stories abound. That someone stole the body, or perhaps Jesus was not really dead. Perhaps a Jesus lookalike died on the cross, or the disciples were just going through such post-traumatic stress syndrome that they imagined or hallucinated a risen Lord. Now I happen to think that there are plenty of historical reasons and very logical reasons to believe that the biblical account of a bodily resurrection of Jesus is true. If you want to chat about those, I can point you to some resources and talk to you sometime. But this morning I want to focus on just one thing that I think above anything else proclaims and testifies to a real risen Lord. And that is the people that followed Jesus thereafter. I mean, think about this group of people and what they have accomplished in our world. They were a small, pretty diverse group, many pretty poor, broken outcasts, not overly educated, led primarily by fishermen, including women and quickly Gentiles, a very small group that was persecuted by both the civil and the religious authorities. Started in a small, relatively unimportant area. I mean, Israel is on a coastline and would have been a a travel route for trade, but it was not a real major stop on that route. Not a very important, significant place. Not very important or significant people. At the death of Jesus, they're fearful. The Bible describes them as huddling together in a room with the doors locked. 
Because they think the authorities are going to be out to get them, having now seen their Lord and Savior, the one that they were following, be crucified. But after Easter, they had this claim. This claim that Jesus was God, that he had lived, that he taught, that he had died. But most importantly for them, that his physical body had lived again. That many had seen him, touched him, talked to him after he had died. That he was alive. Pastor and historian Bishop N.T. Wright says, There is no evidence of any form of Christianity in the early church where the resurrection was not a central belief. We can't go back and find any early Christians for which this is not central to their belief system. They were an Easter people. We see this in their worship practices. Sabbath had been Saturday. For years, Sabbath had been Saturday. I mean, when Jesus is buried, they can't mess with his body because Saturday is the Sabbath. They're not allowed to work on Saturday. They come on Sunday morning, the first day of the week, to take care of the body. And the disciples were so moved by this that later on the church would move Sabbath to Sunday, which is what most of us are now accustomed to. They changed their whole worship practices. In fact, that same Bishop N.T. Wright says that they were so moved by the risen Jesus that they reordered their worldview, their practices, their stories, their symbols, and their theology. Very quickly, they were looking back at the Old Testament saying, that's Jesus, that's Jesus. They were an Easter people. We see this in their total disregard for the location of the tomb. If you go to Israel, they will, you can pay a tour guide to take you to where they think the tomb is. But they only are guessing. Because the early Christians didn't care about the tomb. How, if you were a follower of Jesus, would you not care about the tomb? Tombs in those days, and even in our days, are often very venerated for important people. But those early Christians, they didn't care about the tomb. They didn't even keep track of where it was. Author Timothy... Timothy Keller shares it this way. It's like your kids' rooms. When you have your kids, you don't really care about their rooms, right? Actually, they're more of a bother. I wish they would pick up their toys. I wish they would pick up their socks. We close the door so we don't have to see their rooms. But when your child goes away, suddenly that room becomes sacred. Suddenly you long for those toys and those socks to be out again. The early Christians didn't care about the tomb because they had Jesus. They didn't care about the room because they had Jesus there. They were an Easter people. We see this in how they talked about the spirit of Jesus. When someone dies in our lives, we often say that they're with us in spirit. What we really mean in that is it's something about us. That we believe that they're, they're with us in our memories, in the way we do things, in the way we go about our lives. But the disciples meant it in a much different way. That his spirit was with them. It wasn't something about them. It was something about the spirit that Jesus was with them and guiding them. They were an Easter people. We see this in their impact. I mean, think about the, the strong words in this, in this passage from Colossians. They were all, they, they, Paul's talking there about how we were risen with Christ. And we need to think differently because we're risen with Christ. That we have died. Our lives now belong to Christ. And we need to put everything to death that's within us. We need to kill our old selves and put on our new selves that are now found in Jesus. 
All the old categories of race and ethnicity and class and denomination are no more because we belong to Christ. What a staggering view that the early Christians had of themselves that only makes sense with a risen Lord. Now, were these early Christians perfect? No. But they were radically changed because they believed that Jesus was a lie. And their movement changed the world. All of the disciples, except for John, we think, were, were killed, were martyred. And John himself was, we believe, uh, died of old age, but he was under house arrest. I mean, these disciples, if they had faked this, could have gotten out of a lot of brutal deaths. But instead, they boldly proclaimed a risen Christ to their deathbed. And their movement changed the world. They were an Easter people. We see this in how they treated others. This is how their movement went from so small, just a few people, to the dominant view 300 years later. Because they cared about people. In a time where women were second class citizens, the first Christian witnesses to the resurrection were women. And there were many leaders in the early church that were women. In times where children were seen as worthless, Christians started the first orphanages. When the sick and disabled were considered cursed and worthless, the first Christians started the first hospitals. They started adoption processes. When education was only for the rich and the elite, Christians started some of the first public schools. When natural disasters happened, Christians have been first on the scene for many, many years. When the Black Plague hit cities, Christians would often stay or go into those cities and die of the plague themselves to care for those who were in need. Throughout history, so many, when so many thought of other races and groups that were not fully human, Christians pushed for equality, for the end of slavery, for civil rights. Were there Christians on the wrong sides of a lot of these things? Yes, we are not perfect. But the impact of these Christ followers for the outcasts of society is unparalleled in human history and only makes sense if the Lord is risen. They were an Easter people. We see this in the central importance of the resurrection in their theology. Listen to some of these words from Paul. For Romans 10, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe with your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Paul is bold enough to say, if you want to be saved, part of the process is you better believe this happened. That's how strongly Paul thought we ought to think about the resurrection. Here's some other words. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. For Paul, all his preaching and all your faith is utterly worthless if there's no resurrection of Jesus. He takes it a step further a few verses later when he says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. See, for Paul, Jesus starts something. He starts something for us that while Jesus has risen from the dead, someday we can look forward to that same kind of resurrection. We do not just end up in heaven as is commonly understood but we come back here and our, even our bodies are redeemed from sin and corruption. See, the resurrection is not a take it or leave it kind of belief in the Christian faith. It only makes sense if it's true. 
The church only makes sense if we are an Easter people. If there is no resurrection, there's no point in being here. Author Timothy Keller again says it this way. If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about anything he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. End quote. Timothy Keller, you've got to believe this. Or why even be here? Why is it so central? Because it confirms Jesus' identity as the Son of God. Because it shows that sin and death are defeated. It means that we follow a Lord that is alive and active in the world. And not one that has just showed up and died 2,000 years ago. You understand. When that stone was rolled away, it is not just rolled away so that Jesus can get out of the tomb. It is an invitation for us to get in on something. It is an invitation for us to be an Easter people. To worship differently. As if Jesus really is alive. To orient our lives around this reality. To orient our belief system around this belief that Jesus truly is alive and with us. To go out and do good. And care for this people, people in this world. Because we understand what Christ has done for us. Not venerating the past but moving into the future that God has laid out before each and every one of us. Being led by the Spirit as if Jesus himself is with us, because that is what our belief is. See, I think the biggest testimony, the hardest thing to argue about this resurrection thing, is the dramatic change that takes place in the lives of these early Christians. They are an Easter people. And I think the biggest testimony to Jesus being alive and active in this world, is still his followers. This is our legacy. We are an Easter people. Not just believing in the resurrection, but letting our lives be changed because of it. Thank the Lord that Jesus came to earth, that he died for you. And especially today, we remember that he was risen to fully defeat all the sin, darkness, and disregard for God in your life and mine. This morning, I want to ask you, have you ever made this truth your truth? Have you ever joined these Easter people? I don't just mean join the church. I mean, have you ever made this reality of Jesus your own reality? I have banked my whole life on this being true. Have you made that kind of life-changing commitment? See, I don't think you get in on this just by simply saying a prayer, as so many people say today. I think it's more than the prayer. You've got to confess. You've got to believe what we're talking about this morning. But you've got to confess Jesus as Lord. You've got to reorient your life around these things and join these Easter people. If you want to be able to do that, I'll stick around after service to be able to talk to you. I can do that any time. We'll be glad to do that. The world needs us to live as Easter people. We live in a dark and a broken world. Our world looks a lot more like Saturday in this story than Resurrection Sunday. The world needs the life that Christ has given to you and I. We need to go out into this world and be an Easter people.
Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you for your life, your death, and especially today for your resurrection. Death and sin did not beat you, but you sacrificed and in the end took the victory. Help us to be challenged by your sacrifice. Help us to be an Easter people. Help us to live out our faith in radical ways. I pray for those here who have never crossed that line of faith. I pray for those struggling in their faith. Slam them with your love and your grace this Easter. And shape us all into an Easter people. We pray all these things in the name of our risen and living Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.